Hi everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. In this news week, there was a couple of tech conferences. First, Microsoft Inspire was held this week in Las Vegas, Nevada. While most of the announcements were obviously focused on partners, partner programs, and incentives, there were a few interesting nuggets of information shared too. So Microsoft disclosed that co-selling efforts with partners have generated $5 billion in partner sales to date. They claim to have supplied partners with more than 1 million customer leads in the last year. Microsoft also said it now has 72,000 cloud partners in total and reports that cloud solution provider revenue is up 234% compared with a year ago. With the 72,000 cloud partners in mind, it's also very interesting that they discussed something called the Azure Expert Managed Service Provider Program, which began as a pilot program at the beginning of the year which is essentially a list of elite partners who are deemed to provide the highest degree of capabilities and skills when it comes to delivering consistent managed services on Azure. So obviously that's going to be a pretty coveted title for those MSPs out there. Today there are already more than 30 Azure Expert MSP partners, including the likes of Capgemini and Infosys. You know, as suggested, this was a partner event, so there was some partner-driven data and content, but there's also some other content and discussion, such as around Microsoft discussing the fact that there is now a free version of their Teams product, which is a Slack competitor. This free version does not require any Office 365 subscription. They also mentioned a free version of Dynamics and some free training availability. Also showcased was a new work place analytics feature that will use data from Office 365 to help teams discover challenges like maybe meeting overload, minimal time for focused work, or high after hours workloads. The feature will provide a nudge capability in Office 365 which essentially provides alerts to users with tips such as not sending an email to coworkers after hours, or delegating a meeting to a coworker when your schedule is busy. I guess the idea is kind of nice to promote a better work-life balance, but that has not been the reality of working in an enterprise environment for me. I'm sure for not many others either. So admirable, but I don't know how useful it's going to be. Also interesting, as support for Windows Server 2008 R2 and SQL 2008 comes to an end in the next few years, Microsoft have said they will provide a time extension with security updates for free to customers that are working to migrate workloads to Azure. A company called Cloudhouse were also at Inspire this week to talk about their new MSIX Enterprise Edition product, which they suggest will allow you to containerize all of your existing package types, be it MSI, AppV, and AppX, into the new MSIX format. By leveraging their powerful container tech, you can have an evergreen application ensuring they will be compatible with Windows 10 and the cloud and with future updates with no rewrites or code changes required. As an IT pro, I struggled to see the value in AppX originally. I also felt the desktop bridge tool from Microsoft was very limited. Microsoft's tooling for converting into MSIX also isn't very intuitive or user friendly. Now on last week's episode, I did mention that Microsoft had stated in a blog post that an MSIX packaging tool will be released soon. I wonder 
how this will improve the native tooling, but I'm also very excited to check out CloudHouse's solution as I believe that extra layer of containerization should provide extra capabilities which would be very attractive and interesting. This week also saw Amazon's AWS Summit. They announced a new Elastic Compute Cloud Instant Type, or EC2 Instance Type, the Z1D. A Z1D instance provides CPU power with clock speeds of up to 4 GHz. AWS is using custom-designed Intel Xeon scalable processors to enable the Z1D instances. These instances provide an all-core turbo boost option for sustained high clock speed performance. There are six different sizes for the Z1D instance type with the entry level called Z1D Large System. It will provide two virtual CPUs, vCPUs, 16 gigs of memory, 75 gigs of NVMe SSD storage, and up to 10 gigabits per second of network bandwidth. And at the top end, the Z1D 12X Large provides 48 virtual CPUs, 384 gigs of RAM, 1.8 terabytes of NVMe SSD storage, and 25 gigabit per second of network bandwidth. So really, the entry level to the high end, even the entry level is quite a beefy system in terms of specs. So this should be very attractive to those who need a lot of resources. And the fact that the clock speeds are already up to 4 gigahertz with the turbo boost for sustained high clock speed performance, these things should be pretty smoked. AWS also announced the EC2 instances are now available to run on the company's Snowball Edge devices. Also announced this week was that Azure NetApp Files is now in public preview. NetApp Files is an Azure native service powered by NetApp's ONTAP technology. Azure NetApp Files will support multiple protocols, protocol versions, and performance tiers, as well as offer built-in policy-based snapshot functionality, reducing the need for separate data protection solutions. All data in volumes is automatically encrypted at rest and will benefit from Azure's compliance portfolio, so providing the security benefits that come along with Azure. Azure NetApp Files is a fully integrated and managed Azure service accessible through the Azure portal and manageable through Azure SDKs and command line tools. It eliminates the provisioning and management overhead that is required for on-premises storage and empowers users without storage expertise to leverage NetApp's ONTAP. If you're trying it out, you can sign up for the preview today to get discount pricing, and Microsoft have also asked for feedback via anffeedback at microsoft.com or on the Azure Storage Feedback Form. In keeping with some Azure-related news, this week, Microsoft announced Azure Virtual WAN to simplify large-scale branch connectivity and Azure Firewall to enforce your network security policies while taking advantage of the scale and simplicity provided by having it in the cloud. Azure Virtual WAN Preview launches with Citrix and Riverbed providing a fully automated branch connectivity experience. Essentially, Azure WAN is WAN optimization, selecting the best route, ensuring optimal performance, but with the benefit of routing to the Microsoft Global Network, as Microsoft have over 130 edge sites. Accompanying the announcement, there's a screenshot showing routing for two branch offices to illustrate the optimal route being chosen. Azure Firewall offers a fully stateful native firewall capabilities for virtual network resources with built-in high availability and the ability to scale automatically. 
Customers can create and enforce connectivity policies using application and network level filtering rules. The Azure Firewall service is fully integrated with the Azure Platform, Portal UI, and services. The Azure Firewall offers protections and services you will likely be familiar with already from other firewall products, but services like denial of service protection should prove much more robust with the scalability and availability offered by the cloud. This week, Microsoft launched a new Windows Autopilot website, which has a bunch of great info on how it works. They've got some videos, news, and other bits and pieces. The July 2018 servicing release of Microsoft Desktop Optimization Pack, or MDOP, was released this week. These, this servicing release contains the latest fixes for the Microsoft BitLocker Administration and Monitoring, or MBAM, 2.5 RTM SP1 client. Unfortunately, that's all this release contains. It's only related to MBAM. Business Standard had a really interesting article about how Cisco saved $490 million on their real estate portfolio while also showing employee satisfaction has increased dramatically. This was by allowing 80% of their employees to work from anywhere with flexi time. As a result of its workplace transformation that they've been working on since 2012, Cisco saved $196 million in OPEX year-on-year year around real estate while garnering $294 million through building sales. The company has closed 239 buildings after implementation of Flexi Working Hours policy. The only employees still required to work in the offices are the support center staff. Now obviously Cisco are selling their Spark Suite and other products which would have quite the boon if companies start to adopt uh, remote work so I guess it's they've got a financial interest in also releasing this information and encouraging others to do it but hey I'm not complaining. Congratulations to Wireshark for turning 20 a tool I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast has used at some point. The remote desktop web client which we talked about on a previous episode is no longer in preview it is now generally available. For IoT enthusiasts out there, the great James Bolpin posted a blog this week detailing how he reverse engineered a big mouth Billy Bass animatronic to move and speak using commands from Azure IoT. James previously did this with Octablue, but has now reworked it for the Azure platform. If you've never seen this before, check it out. It's pretty damn cool. I'll share links in the YouTube description as well as at 5bytespodcast.com. It'll be under the latest episode's reference links or the episode from July 19th, 2018. Citrix released app layering version 4.12, which boasts Windows 10 v1803 support, improvements to Citrix UPM integration, and performance improvements for creating layers within the VMware stack. So this one is not news as it's something which was released back in May, but I didn't mention on the podcast and I feel like I should have, but VMware released App Volumes version 2.14, which is VMware's app layering product. The new features which came in that release included the ability to backup writable, restore writable, and host writable volumes on shared data stores, share writable volumes across multiple vCenter servers, improved logon time, and role-based access controls. That support for shared data stores was something a lot of people wanted and felt was missing from the product. And version 2.12 and 2.13 were pretty stable releases on their own right. 
So the product is going from strength to strength. This week, Login VSI launched their app compatibility tool, which allows you to automate application testing. When the app is tested, it takes a screenshot. You can create baseline screenshots of a successful run, and if it detects a deviation from what is deemed successful, it can alert to a compatibility issue and provide you that screenshot to see you know, what the outcome is. You can read more about this at brianmadden.com, and I'll provide a link with this episode. And now for this week's hot job. This week's hot job is courtesy of HTG UK, who are looking for a graduate or junior Microsoft Dynamics CRM developer who will be responsible for designing, implementing, and maintaining a CRM installation and ensuring all business critical services run smoothly, engaging and taking ownership of liaison with external service providers and suppliers, and developing and automating ISO 27001 workflows. The developer will also have experience working in a software development and experience of Dynamics or CRM technologies or projects, and the ability and desire to pick up new technologies. TG UK actually featured on last week's episode, which is how I saw this job listing. But they're a company who are offering a pretty exciting new secure digital workspace. So this could be an opportunity to join a fast-moving and expanding company. And now for this week's scripts, tricks, and tips. This week is a tip to check out Avanite's web data data analysis tool. It's pretty interesting and insightful. So every time you browse to a site or even use a Windows Store application, data is being downloaded to your machine. And that data could actually take up a lot of space in a given user's user profile. So it can actually have an effect on login times and just general performance within your enterprise. And much of the data is used for targeted advertising purposes too. So the Avanite Web Data Analysis Tool is a standalone utility that you can run on any Windows machine, including terminal servers, which will show you how much of this data is present. This tool supports all common Windows browsers and results are displayed for each, along with the number of known advertising and tracking cookies found on the system. Now there is a bit of an upsell. It will also show you how much you can save by using their paid for web data control software. But you can download the tool anyway and just run it and just get an idea of the state of your own data. And that's it for this week. Thanks again for listening.